to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Um, I want you to turn with me to your, uh, with your Bibles, if you have your Bibles this morning, to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, and we're going to be reading chapter 1, 3 through 11. I hope you guys had a great week. I know it was spring break this week. Um, and I hope you had a, a blessed week and are, are ready to get back to, you know, work <laughs> and uh, school, right? Layla had a blast not going to school. Let's see how she does tomorrow. Amen. Are you there? Yeah. All right. First Samuel 1, 3 through 11, it says this. Now, this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli... Hophni and Phinehas were priests of the Lord. And on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Paniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her. Anybody have any friends like that? That just provoke you, just to provoke you, just to irritate you. Danny's over there laughing because he's got a lot of friends like that. (laughs) He's a perpetrator, though. It's all good, Dane. We love you, bro. Where am I? Losing losing focus here. Okay. Verse 7 says, So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? And after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost at the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. Amen. I've entitled today's message, The Righteous Ask. Now that's ask as a noun, not a verb, and that's righteous as an adjective, not a noun. Let's see how many of you paid attention in English. Uh, In other words, is what you are asking God for today, is it for righteous reasons? I want you to think about that for a moment, because you probably know what's on your heart. You know what you've been asking God for. You've been asking for him to deliver on a promise that you think he's made. You're asking for a breakthrough. Um, Think about your deepest desires and what you're currently asking God for. And then ask yourself, is the reason that you've been asking for that reflective of a godly person? Because when you think about that and when you when you check your heart, as John Chris says, you begin to see yourself in a new light and things might change a little bit. You know, growing up as a kid church, especially when I was in school, um, I, was a re- I was a really bougie kid. Uh, I feel like I've been using that word bougie a lot lately, but it's only because I recently found out what it meant. Uh, according to Urban Dictionary, someone who's bougie is a person who aspires to be higher class than they actually are. That's bougie. Melissa says, I'm still bougie. Um, and we're just going to agree to disagree. But when I was a kid, for sure, I was bougie. And in front of my friends at school, I would always paint myself as, as kind of a, a, a different 
person just to impress my friends. Like I would, I would make them think like that, that we had money. Like my family had money. We, we didn't. Right. I, I would make them think that I had the coolest things, the coolest toys. And Melissa always gets a kick out of this, man. I, I used to in front of all my friends at school, I would add up the, uh, the items that I was wearing or all the bling that I was wearing. I would add it up how, how much we paid for them, not, not how much it was currently worth, but how much I bought it at the store for. And um, I, I, would, I would calculate it to kind of get like my daily worth. So, for example, new shoes, 100 bucks, new jeans, 40 bucks, shirt, 50 bucks, a chain necklace. I had a chain necklace when I was in elementary school, 200 bucks, right? And I would always overestimate, right? And, and I would get to this point where I would add all these items up and I'd be like, man, I'm worth $600 right now. <laughs> And that would just like blow my friends away, right? And, and so, I mean, as a kid, I kind of had to keep up this keeping up with the Jones kind of look that I'd, I'd go home and I'd ask my mom for, for these things just so that I could, you know, look the part. Mom, can I get some new Jordans? Mom, can I get that new, you know, a new chain necklace? Can I get a new watch from Fossil? All to keep up with someone else. And you know what? We, we live in this type of culture that wants to keep up with those around us, right? So we lie about things to make us look a little bit better. We do it as adults. We lie about how much we make. We lie about how much we paid. Sometimes we lie about how good our credit is, all to impress other people. And it's not just finances, it's everything. You guys remember Quentin Jones? Talked about him a few weeks ago, the child actor that I went to school with that always talked about how awesome he was I had to keep up with people like Quentin Jones. Uh, but I remember one time I caught him in a lie uh, just, just to see if he would lie. I saw, we had a class project one time and I saw his letter grade. I don't remember how I saw it, but I saw it and he failed. It was an F. And I remember I asked him about it at lunch. I said, hey, Quentin, what, what did you get on your project? And he said an A. He lied. He lied to me. And I knew for sure that he had, he had failed. So even, even as kids, man, we're trying, to, we're trying to keep up with the Jones, if you will. Dare I say that we even do it when it comes to matters of the spirit. People lie about how much they spent in prayer, how long they fasted. They lie about what God said to them, what God is calling them to. And again, it's, it's not to impress God. It's to impress everyone else but God. And then what we do is we go to, we go to God and we ask for these things, not because we want to dedicate them to God, but because we want to look blessed. But this woman, Hannah, She's a little bit different. We got some different believers in in the house this morning, right? I believe that. We got some godly people, some righteous people. Hannah, at first glance, we read through the scripture, and uh, we, we read that God has chosen to close her womb for some time. And that, I imagine... It's frustrating, man. When God closes a door in your life that you're trying to, to pry open. Church, can I just tell you that just because God has closed a door in your life doesn't mean that it's always going to stay closed? That doesn't, that there, you know, there might be a, a moment that is coming where God is like, okay, now is the time. See, God sets his own timing on things that he needs to align with his plan. So if you ever intend, church, if you ever intend to walk in God's plan, that also means that you're going to have to await his timing on things. You can't be in God's plan and dictate when he chooses to bless you. It's not going to work that way. And so many of us were like, God, I want you, I want your purpose to happen in my life. I want, I want to be governed by your Holy Spirit. 
But bless me now. Do it now. Shut this door now. Close this door now. Call me now. Deliver on your promise now. We treat God's plan like it's, like it's anyone else's plan. Subject to change. You know those kind of plans where you sign up? You sign up for the plan, but you get to opt out when things don't go your way. Seems like every year I'm having to have the same conversation with AT&T about my, my phone and my, uh, not my phone, my, my, my cable and internet bill. Having the same conversation year after year. Why did my bill go up? Well, sir, that happens after a year, after you've been with the same plan, uh, it usually goes up. Well, I, I didn't sign up for that. I signed up for, for this rate. Just, just keep me at that rate. And if you can't do that, well, can't cancel my plan, please. I'm going to go to Xfinity, Comcast, every time. And then you know what they do? Please hold. <laughs> they come back a couple minutes later. Sir, uh, let me tell you what we can do for you today only, just for you. We have a very special offer. We can, we can keep your plan the same. And we'll, we'll even throw in a little bit more kilobytes uh, for, for your internet. We're going to make it faster. All right, sign me up. That's why I've been with AT&T for so long, man. It's the only reason. But it, it is, it's nice having the option to opt out when the plan takes you by surprise. So maybe we're just so con- uh, conditioned to treating all plans like that. But let me tell you something about God's plan. God's plan is perfect. It doesn't lack in any area. But because we don't always like the timeline included in God's plan, sometimes we're like, God, cancel my plan. Cancel your plan for my life. I'll do things my own way. And so maybe you've got a door right now that you're trying to get open, church, and God is like, not yet. Now is not the time. I know you want it to be the time. I know you think you're ready. That's, that's one thing. We think we're ready. We're like, God, dang, what else do you need? I'm se- I've got the degree. I've got the job. I've got, I mean, I, everything in my life is going great. Like, there's no better time than now. Why are you delaying? God's like, no, not yet. Not yet. I see something that you don't see. This is where Hannah is in this moment of her life. Where she knows that she's in the plan of God, but she's so distressed because God hasn't delivered yet. And he has chosen to close a door in her life. And to make matters worse, we read about this other woman, this other wife of of, of Elkanah. and, And she's taunting Hannah because... She can't have kids. And ancient times, if you know anything about you know, nearly all ancient cultures, women weren't really allowed to contribute much to society other than having kids. So if you couldn't have kids, I mean, you were pretty, you, what, what were you good for? That, that was the times that, that Hannah lived in. So it's very possible that Hannah just felt worthless. She couldn't contribute anything. And what's worse is this woman comes in, Panaya, and, and she's making her feel inferior and no good. She's got herself a bully. She's probably really, really bougie about it, too, like I was when I was a kid. I just imagine the scripture tells us that, that Paniah had all these sons and all these, daughter, all these daughters, all these kids. Just imagine Paniah like one day in front of Hannah. Come on, kids. We're going to go to the park. Right. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just imagine her doing like, ha, 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 you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I play out certain things the way I do in my head. I just that's just how I imagine it. Right? She probably makes these really passive remarks every now and then, uh, like, like, like women tend to do more than, than men. You know, like She's probably having a conversation with Hannah, and she's like, oh, Hannah, you know how kids are. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. 
You don't. <laughs> vicious, man. These women are vicious sometimes. And Hannah gets to, to such a, a low point where she can't take it anymore. The Bible says that she falls into a state of, of distress and, and depression. And maybe, maybe you're, you're at that point, but maybe it's not depression. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's anger. Maybe, maybe it's resentment. Maybe it's jealousy. Because everyone else in your life is getting blessed. And God is delivering for them, and he hasn't delivered for you. And so you're getting to this point where you're just so jealous. And it's at, it's at this point where people get to where they either opt out of God's plan. They try to make things happen on their own. Right? They try to manufacture their own blessings and, 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 and call something good that God would call fake. Or they just pretend not to care. And they continue suffering in their emotions. Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you look at people in your life. Maybe you look at your, at your coworkers or your friends or your best friend. They have their lives together and God is, God is blessing their lives. And you're like, man, why can't that be me? But you go into work. You go into church. You go into the family functions. You're like, I don't care. I don't care how great your life is. You think you're blessed because you have kids? You think you're black, girl, I can go to sleep when I want. I don't have to wake up at 3 a.m. To, to make a bottle. Like you, you, think, you think you're blessed. And, and we convince ourselves that we don't really feel the way that we feel. And we try to bottle, bottle up all, all of our emotions. And we suppress them. And that's what happens. We fall in either one of these two states when the perpetrator taunts us. Now, the perpetrator in your life, it might not be someone like Paniah, it might not be a bully, it might not be someone who's intentionally trying to to, to make you feel uh, worthless and inferior, but let me tell you something, man, we have a devil, right? There is a devil that tries to get into our business way more often than he should, and his mission is to get us to fall away from God's plan. So what he does is he convinces us that we need certain things in our lives to keep up with the rest of the world, to keep up with with your best friend and your other friends and your coworkers and your boss. And then we go to God and we ask for these things that he's never intended to be in our hearts. But because they are in our hearts, we go to scripture and we say, God, your word says that you will give us all the desires of our hearts. And then he doesn't come through for us, and we think that God has failed us, but in reality, we just had a misconstrued idea of why these desires were in our hearts in the first place. Some people, some people, this might be you, some people are waiting for God to deliver on a promise that he's never even made. And you're out there with your hand poured out, like expecting it, and you're praying for it, and you're like, God, yes, do it now. I claim it. I believe it. It's going to happen. It's going to come. And you're telling all your friends, it's going to happen. It's going to come. And you're telling your family, it's going to happen. It's going to come. And God's like, I never said that. I never made that promise. We've been, we've been lied to. We've been made to think that, that God works for our desires. That's a mistake, church. Now, let me tell you something, man. My God answers prayers. My God, have you, have you ever really experienced God answer prayers in your life? Like it happened and you're like, that, that's, that's just, that can't be a coincidence. It's too perfect 
to be a coincidence. This has God's name all over it. There was a specific amount. It was like $227.51 that I needed. And the next day, someone wrote me a check for $227.51. Like, that's, that's, that's God. I've experienced that before. And when it happens, it's like, man, God, that is incredible. My God answers prayers. But he does it in a way that's meant for the glory to get back to him. If you're trying, if you're praying for things just for your own benefit, but you don't intend to give it back to God, you don't intend to invest it back into the kingdom of God, you don't intend to devote whatever you're asking for back to God, let me tell you, man, that your prayer is not going to make it very high on his priority list because your reasons for asking is not righteous, it's selfish. In James 5, 16, it doesn't say that the prayers of a selfish person are powerful and effective. It says that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. So ask yourself today, is what I am praying for, is what I've been asking God for, for selfish reasons or for righteous reasons? I don't know if I'm preaching to anyone this morning. In church, look, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be blessed, okay? It's not, there's nothing wrong with wanting nice things. It's all good. I, I want nice things. Melissa calls me bougie for, for a reason, apparently. I, I, I still dream about my, my dream truck. It was a Ford Raptor. I, I, pass it out, I, I pass it up on the street, and I'm like, yeah, one day. I'm coming for you. But you know what? I'm not going to claim it. You got those people that like, claim it. Claim it. Claim that new house. Claim that raise. Claim that vacation. Man, if I could claim things, like if that's the way that it worked, <laughs> I'd, I'd be pretty up there, man. Just let me tell you that. Just claim it. Claim what you're, claim what you're looking for. Claim what you want. I'm not going to speak that into existence. <laughs> I don't want a Ford Raptor for spiritual reasons. I'm not going to dedicate it back to God, I'm not going to go to a third world country and, you know, save little children from guerrilla warfare and say, hey, um, get in the back of my truck and we'll, we'll get out of here. That's not why I want it. I want it for, you know, for myself. <laughs> we got to be careful when, when, we, when we mix our spirit with our own selfish desires because God is not going to respond to selfishness, church. Now, look, if you're looking for healing this morning, if you're looking for deliverance, if you're looking for restoration, if you're looking for salvation, those are things that get God's attention. Why? Because all the glory gets back to him. When no doctor could do anything for, for that sick person and you, you appeal to a higher authority, you say, God, I, I, we're out of options. This is all you. If you can't do it, no one can. And then when he does it, all the glory goes to him. That's how prayer works. Those things get God's attention. And if we read through scripture, we read about God blessing men and women of God out of his own purposes and out of his own goodness. We see Solomon. Solomon was the wealthiest man in his time. But that wealth was a product of the wisdom that he asked God for. It wasn't, it wasn't a product of, of him asking for wealth. It was him asking for wisdom. So God, I can govern your people the way that you need me to. The Bible talks about Job, who was a blessed man. But what does it say before any of that? He says he was an upright man. He was a righteous man. God responds to righteousness. 
Maybe you're trying to get God's attention this morning. But you feel like he's been ignoring you. Check your heart. I don't mean to say that like in a joking matter, but, but like look in your heart and ask yourself, is what, I'm, is what I'm coming to God with, is it for me to give back to him? So getting back to Hannah, we see that she's, she's being taunted. She's being made fun of because she can't have kids. And in a sense, she can't, she can't keep up with the Jones, right? Everyone else is having kids, Hannah, but you. You can't do it. So she goes to God and she says, God, give me a child. And at first glance, you might think, okay, Hannah, you just, you just want to fit in. Come on. You just, you're just, you just want to stop being made fun of. You don't re- do you really want kids? But then she continues and we see what's in her heart because she makes a promise to God. And it's right there in verse 11 where she says, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget me, but give me a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. She's, de- she's dedicating her desire to God, church. But before she even gets it, now, this is not the equivalent of promising God 10% if you win the lottery, okay? You might have prayed that prayer before. God, if I win the lottery, I'm going to take care of your house, right? That's not how, that's different, okay? <laughs> Hannah doesn't just desire a son for herself. She, she desires a world changer, man. She desires a child that will make an impact on the world. And, and she wants to bless the kingdom of God with him. God sees that desire. God sees what's in your heart this morning, church. He sees the desires that you have that reflect his will. God knows your motives. He knows your reasons. He knows why you've been praying that same prayer. And maybe today you're here and you're just, you're not sure why God hasn't responded to you. There are two possible reasons why that is. We already went over them, but I'll I'll just sum sum it up. It's either not in season yet, and it's not that it's not going to happen, It's just God's got to make sure that certain things align with his timeline before he delivers. Or, someone say, or. Or. Because I know you're you're hoping, man, it's the first one. (laughs) I know you're hoping it's coming. But this is another possibility. It's just not coming. Because it's not righteous. And it's not that it's unrighteous. I mean, it's not like you're asking for, for, you know, to feed your own greed or your own addiction or whatever it might be. It might not be that it's unrighteous what you're asking God for, but it's just not, it's not that important. There are other things more important in this world and, 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 and the kingdom of God is up of the highest priority. So is what you're asking God for, for reasons that will benefit his kingdom. We get mad at God so many times because he doesn't, he doesn't answer our requests, but, but he has a request for us to, to go out and, and, and make his kingdom known and make his kingdom better and bigger. James makes this last point very, very clear. And if you want to bookmark this, if you want to just have it as a memory verse, it's, it's really good. James 4, 3. If you're ever wondering why God isn't answering you, It might be because of this. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. That's 
That's real. In the following section, we see that God delivers a son to Hannah. And after some time, she goes to the temple and she offers Samuel to the Lord. She says this, for this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to you as long as he lives. He is lent to you. My mom tells me the story that she couldn't have kids for, I don't know, how how long? Eight years? Something like that. Eight years. She couldn't have children. And and, uh, she said that she would pray every night. She even bought this little little onesie. said Ryan on it, right? A little little pajama. I think she still has it. She would pray over it every day. And she, you know, eight years, they didn't, no luck. And she, she tells me the story of, you know, she was sitting down on a, on a rocking chair, which we, which we still have because we feel obligated to keep it. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was in the attic the other day when we were moving and I was, I was like, babe, I don't want this. And she, she got on my case. We're like, we're keeping it. So, okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and she was on that rocking chair and she made a, made a promise. She made the same promise to God. God, if, if, if you allow me to have a son, she already had my, my name. I'm going to give him back to you. And eight years later, however many years later, um, she had a son. She was blessed. <laughs> And she continued to keep trying. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, when, when I'm not going on my notes, man, I go, I get a little silly. Um, but that's, that's, that's the way that, that it works, you know. When, when you're asking for something, God, God sees the desires of your heart. He looks, he, know, he knows your heart better than you, you, know, you even know yourself. And so when we're asking for things and when we're coming God and, and we're waiting for a breakthrough, we're waiting for a deliverance, we're waiting for a promise, why, why do we want it? Is it, to, is it to benefit ourselves only? Is it so that we can impress the people around us? Is it so that we can look blessed? Or is it truly to be blessed by the hand of the Father himself? Because that is what counts as a true blessing. Church, is what you are asking God for today a righteous ask? God responds to righteousness, but he ignores the selfish and the wicked. And today, some of us, we might just need to adjust our desires a little bit to better reflect God's plan over our lives so that when we do ask in his will, all we have to do next is simply wait for God to come through, knowing that if it's asked in his will, he will deliver. Amen. I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you this morning, Lord. I'm going to ask that you just bow your heads this morning as you reflect on this word. And you reflect on the desires that are currently in your heart. And church, again, there's nothing wrong with desiring things that will benefit your, your future, your family. Those are things that we, that we work for ourselves. 
But what's truly in your heart that you've been asking God for? Is it because you want to bless God's kingdom? Why is it? I can't answer that question for you. So right now, I just want to ask that you have a moment with God as you begin to, to search yourself this morning. God, search us this morning, Lord. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.